Good morning. Let's uh, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Uh, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Uh, so glad you're here this morning. Uh, probably be some more folks uh, trickling in, and that should be just fine. Uh, this is the Truth in Life class, and like I said last, I'm not going to say this every week, but I just said last week, that uh, the Truth in Life uh, class is uh, is a designated class. It'll always be in this uh, space. We're trying it out. Some folks have said, you know, we like the Dean's class and we appreciate the theology, but we really just want to know sort of how to, we, we want to have sort of a practical application. And um, and so we kind of put our heads to get together, not to take the pra- place of small group or whatever, but uh, but any time we have like a parenting class or a, uh, something, we're going to try to always have something like that. And it'll be in this space and it'll be called Truth truth in life, and, and some folks have said, not again, not replacing small groups, but but saying that you know, they'd love to see sort of a community sort of come out of, the, of this class. Please come if you don't not interested. You've got all the community you can stand. Um, <laughs> then, you know, you're interested in the topic. Please, please still come. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so that's just kind of what we're doing. Uh, this week is our second week in uh, talking about the Lord's Prayer. Um, and we're talking about thy kingdom come, uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, so we talked last week uh, about our Father uh, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We talked about the intimacy uh, that's given uh, in the Father and how that is, um, that, that was, they didn't have that before Jesus. Uh, but Jesus, being, being the Son of God, gave us who are in Christ, uh, that intimacy with the Father, and yet He is in heaven. He's the King. He's He's ruling, and we're going to talk more about that today as we talk about kingdom. Um, but so there's there's an there's an awe and, a, and sort of a, an appropriate fear that comes uh, with understanding the holiness of the Lord, and yet He is uh, intimate, and He is our Father. Um, the context uh, that we we said that last week that there are two places in the Bible, uh, in the in the Gospels, uh, both in in Luke and in Matthew, uh, where there is a, a Lord's Prayer. Luke's a little bit truncated. Matthew's a little bit um, uh, more elaborate. It could be just the two apostles' take on it, or they could have been uh, he taught uh, taught on this more than once. That's very possible. Uh, but in, in Matthew, particularly, uh, the context. This is chapter six. Um, the context is the is the Sermon on the Mount, and he is uh, what Matthew is doing is he is uh, for his readers is establishing the authority uh, of Jesus, and and Jesus um, begins his ministry uh, saying, "Repent, uh, for the kingdom of heaven uh, is at hand." And then he goes right into uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and the Sermon on the Mount. If you've heard, uh, if you've been to a class on the Sermon on the Mount, or you've read it. You know that the Sermon on the Mount is sort of the Jesus takes the law to the to the highest tilt, um, and he is talking. He is what he's trying to do is reorient us from a 
sort of navel-gazing faith where we are, where we think that we can achieve righteousness on our own uh, to a God-oriented faith where we uh, know that we have nowhere to turn but His to His mercy, and um, and yet and so what he is what he's doing is he takes on uh, three specific practices: um, uh, fasting, and praying, and giving. In this sort of second section, chapter six, sort of the second section of the Sermon on the Mount, and it begins it by saying, "Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them." Beware of practicing your righteousness um, in front of other people in order to be seen by them. Now, he doesn't say, don't practice righteousness in front of other people. Uh, But he says, just the warning is not uh, being righteous in front of other people. The warning is to to beware of your own motivations. Beware of doing it in order to be seen by them. Uh, The warning is essentially uh, against praying to yourself or to the people who are watching rather than praying to God. You're praying for yourself. You're trying to impress them. Or you're trying to gain uh, the accolades of uh, other people. But Jesus says our relationship uh, is, our religious relationship is our relationship with the Father. And, and our prayerful relationship is, is all about our relationship with the Father. And the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that our Lord taught us, is corrective. It's a corrective against a sort of self-oriented uh, prayer where you're trying to impress other people uh, it addresses the Father and makes three petitions for the Lord's glory. Remember, we said that hallowed be thy name is actually, it's not just a declaration, it's actually, in the Greek, it's a petition. It's, it's an imperative statement. It doesn't bother me at all. If you guys, if y'all would rather sit down, y'all can just walk right on through there. Don't don't worry about it at all. They're not listening to me anyway. So. Um, the... Um, So the, these imperative statements, uh, the, we we don't really know what to make of them sometimes, but um, I mean we 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 just say them rote, you know. And, and sometimes we, I, you probably have never done this, but sometimes I get through communion, I think, do we do we say the Lord's prayer? And I said it, like I said it out loud, and have no recollection of it at all. Um, I, I know that that is shocking to you, but. Um, <laughs> I get into this business because I love that stuff, right? But I, I um, now I and and the liturgy is so wonderful because it is so rich, and yet the downfall of liturgy is that it can become rote, and we can say it over and over again. We said last week. I remember I very distinctly remember uh, praying the Lord, learning the Lord's prayer with my um with my mom and dad right by my Empire Strikes Back comforter. I totally remember that um, <laughs> when I was four years old. But I um I still have that comforter actually. Um, but the um Amy won't let us use it on our bed. But the um the <laughs> and, but so we've known it forever and, and I we teach it to our kids and our kids know it and yet a lot of times we just we just say it and we don't pray it. There's a difference between saying a prayer and praying a prayer. The same thing with the liturgy. Uh, that's, that's why a lot of times when I lead the liturgy, people say, oh, we love how you put emphasis on words. I just do that so I can realize what it's saying. Like, I don't, I mean, I just do that for my own for my own self because um, cause I, I just I just do that because that way I, I can, it keeps my attention because otherwise it just gets, it just gets rote. Um 
three petitions. Hallowed be thy name. Otherwise, uh, let your name be holy. Preserve your the holiness of your name for us. Uh, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done. Those are petitions. We're asking the Lord uh, for His kingdom to come and His will uh, to be done. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, may your will be done. Uh, may your will be enacted and fulfilled on earth the same way uh, that it is in heaven. And we talked about holiness uh, last week. Uh, that that is uh, God's otherness, so His supremeness. His, his He's the standard that 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 sets everything else. Uh, he's not holy because He achieves a standard of holiness that's outside of Himself. He's holy because He's God. And holiness is defined by His character and His nature. And goodness is defined by God's character and His nature. He, he doesn't achieve a standard. He is the standard. Uh, he's other. And uh, if you have a, a, a holiness of life, it's because you in some way reflect Him. The standard is outside of you, but, but it's not outside of Him. He's the standard. He sets that, that holiness. And we're praying, when we say, Hallowed be thy name, we're praying that God would protect and preserve His standard of holiness over us, and in us, and through us. And so we're praying intimately to our Father, but He's also, uh, and, and for His holiness, but He's our King. And he's, we're praying for Him. And so we're asking the King to let His kingdom come. That's an imperative statement. Uh, may, let your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. Um, please, Lord Jesus. Uh, come, I um, and you have these moments in your life. You're just come, Lord Jesus. You, just, I, I have. It has not been 24 hours since my last uh, moment, and I'm dead serious. Um, where I have just, just wished that he would just, that I would just see him coming on clouds right there, or he could just take me right there. Just please come, Lord Jesus. We're just saying, let that kingdom uh, come now. Um, and I should have said when I, we said uh, this is the Truth in Life class, this is a more conversational, less lecture-oriented. So we'll have a little lecture, and we'll, but feel free if you have a comment or a question to stop me uh, right there, and we'll, um, we'll talk about it. Um, so Jesus began his ministry, repent, uh, for the kingdom of heaven is, is at hand. And we're going we'll to talk just a minute about that before I talk about the kingdom of heaven, and it'll, it'll tie in. When we repent, it's not just about uh, not acting bad anymore. Um, in fact, it's very little about that. That, that's, that should be an end result of, of true repentance. Repentance is saying is rec- coming to the end of ourselves and recognizing that we need a Savior. Uh, it is not just changing. It's not simply changing our behavior. It's changing our attitudes uh, to God. Our natural attitude is saying, "I'm going to do it on my own. I can do this." And uh, my, I'm, I'm my own standard. I get to choose for myself. Repentance says, uh, I am sorry, Lord. It's, it's a lot of what Frank was talking about today when he was talking about uh, taming the tongue. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I need a Savior, and you're my only hope. That's repentance. It's, coming, it's, a, it's a change of attitude about who God is and about what God says about you uh, in His Word. The kingdom of heaven, to repent for the kingdom of heaven, and repent... Why do you change your attitude? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, the kingdom of heaven is wherever God is on the throne. The kingdom of heaven is, is not simply an era. It is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a status of ruling 
Wherever God is ruling, wherever He is reigning, wherever God is on the throne, that is where the kingdom of heaven is. Well, Jesus said, get ready, change your attitude about God, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why is it, why is it at hand? It's because Jesus was here. And the time for everyone to change their attitude, the time for everybody to come under the reign of God and to submit to what He says about them uh, was present because the cross was coming. The, Jesus was going to give access to, to everyone, not just the righteous, not just the unrighteous, not just Jews, not just gen, not Gentile, but every, everyone would have access um, because the cross was coming. So the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now the geography of the kingdom of heaven, uh, we think of uh, it is hard for people to understand in Jesus' day because they thought they were they were so concrete and they thought about uh, a king, the kingdom is coming and they thought of the the land of Israel that God has had given to them and they just they thought that you know he was going to be a sort of a um, a ruler if he was going to be the Messiah then he was going to kick out the Romans and and they were going to reestablish David's kingdom of Israel. But Jesus, part of what he does in the Sermon on the Mount is he reorients us and says the kingdom of heaven is, the geography of the kingdom is, is the human heart. And, and it's, it's currently occupied uh, by a mercenary. And that mercenary is you. And a mercenary fights for themselves. The mercenary rules the land. And the amazing thing about the, the new king who comes on this geography of the heart is he doesn't kick the mercenary out. He lets him stay. And he loves him, and he wants him. He he makes him his royal subject, or her, his royal subject. And he wants to reform his royal subject, probably with godly wisdom. That the royal subject is going to rebel against that every now and then, um, a lot. The the mercenary who fights for himself is not going to become a saint a saint overnight, except by the declaration of the king. That's why we have. To, that's why we uh, need God's word of grace over us, uh, because you know from your life, and and I know from my life, that that we still act like mercenaries, that we still fight for ourselves. We want what we want, um, and God knows that, and so He's de- spoken a word over us, even though our behavior is being still in the process of being reformed, and we won't ever get there until we get there, uh, until we get to heaven. Now, what qualifies him to be the king, to come in and just say that he's the king? It's his holiness. We'll pray. See, there's, a, there's an incredible progression. What quali- God is holy, and hallow- so hallowed be thy name. What qualifies him to be the king is his holiness. What qualifies him to have his will be done is his kingship. It's his, it, it's, there's a, a very natural progression that Jesus is orienting us too. He he is holy, and so when we pray, "Thy kingdom come," we're asking that God would come and supplant the kingdom that was already there, our kingdom, because we're making a mess of things, and we're just not going to get us across the gap. And it's not just to fix our life; it's because He's the King. It's because He's holy, and and we've said many times that we don't advocate Christianity because it fixes you, or because it works but because it's true. He's the king. He's other. He's holy. And so uh, he is rightly uh, submitted to. Now, I hope that it does work. Um, 
and and I I know for a fact that that we have a, a heavenly hope. But um, but God is is rightfully right. He rightfully sits on the throne of your heart. And yet, uh, what we do is we take that throne back. And so, it, we're not fighting God for the right to sit on the throne. We're sort of fighting ourselves to to keep ourselves off the throne. Um, because we want God to sit on the throne. And that's really what marks a Christian. A Christian wants God on the throne of our hearts. Now, I don't mean you're a Christian by that, but once you are a Christian, what we want is holiness. It doesn't mean what we're going to have. But that really, we, we, there's an appropriate desire for holiness in our life. The holiness of God calls us uh, to that holiness. Um, before I talk about the kingdom that, that's already there, um, any any thoughts? Any how are we doing? Any any um, pushback or clarification? Great stories. Okay. Um, so if we're supposing that um, the kingdom of God will supplant the rule of another kingdom, there's there's all sorts of things that we put on the throne of our hearts. Ultimately, we're we're the one who sits on the throne, right? Uh, and so. Um, so the first, and these are just, these are, I'm not picking things out of first hesitations or anything. It's just it's um it it's just things that I was sitting in my computer thinking about things I often put on the on the throne of my heart. Uh, myself, number one, I want my way. Uh, I'm I'm convinced that I know what's best. Um, that I will be at peace and I will be happy if I'm just if I'm in control. If I can, if I've got my hands around everything. Anybody else? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So, myself, that's the first thing, that's the number one thing. And ultimately, everything else I put on there is in some way related to that. The next one I wrote down, circumstances. I idolize, this is idolatry is what we're talking about. And and, and you know that, do do you know that there's ten commandments, and you can't break two two through ten without breaking number one? You can't covet without making the thing you covet God, which is actually you're not supposed to have any other gods but God. Um, you can't dishonor your parents without putting yourself on the throne. Um, but so the, the second thing I put up there is, is circumstances. Uh, if this if this happens or if that happens, then I'll be at peace. If my child gets this accomplishment, if my child acts in a certain way, if my spouse acts in this certain way. If my work uh, goes well, then I will be at peace. Then I will have contentment. And that's really what we want by kicking God off the throne. We want contentment. Because, you know, I love that you've, you've read um, Chronicles of Narnia, the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and Mr. Beaver and Miss Beaver, they've got the, the kids, and they've just, they're trying to, they've just heard the name of Aslan for the first time, and they've they think they assume he's a man, but they find out he's a lion. And they say, "Oh my gosh, he's a lion! Uh, is he safe?" And, you, and Ms. Beaver, I'm incredulous as only Mrs. Beaver can be, um, "Dear, he's heavens! No, he's not safe, uh, but he's good. But we because he's not safe because we can't control God. We we take that throne back. And I need something I can control. I need I, I'll be happy." If I can just get my child to do this or to act this way or my spouse or whatever it is, if things at work go okay, uh, then I'll be fine. So self, 
and circumstances. Um, number three from is things. Um, and they're all number one, right? They're all in order of importance. Number one is self. Number one is circumstances. And number one is things. Um, uh, money, uh, material security. Um, if, uh, if I have this thing or if I have this particularly large roof over my head or whatever it is uh, that, I, that I have, uh, then I will be uh, satisfied. I will be at peace. Do you remember... Uh, remember the, um, it was actually the, I'm sure you remember the first sermon I preached here. Remember that? Um, the, um, it was on the, uh, the, the rich, uh, not the rich young ruler. The, um, it was the, it was the parable where the guy says, um, I, oh, what am I going to do with all my stuff? Where am I going to put it? I'm going to tear down my barns and build big ones and then I'll be at peace. And actually, and, 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 and then the Lord says, well, you fool, I'm going to, tonight your soul is required of you. And the whole thing is that he 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 says, "I will be at peace if I have this stuff around me." I can remember um, I, I'm sort of cluttered, and um, my my desk sort of stays cluttered. And and I, I was working before I went to seminary. I went to the YMCA. I worked at the YMCA in Raleigh, and my boss was sort of a neat freak. And um, and one day she just it my it had kind of gotten out of control and um and i she can't she's i can't i can't stand it anymore and 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 we she brought in a few trash bags and okay well left with a few empty a lot of empty trash bags and um and i like there was nothing there on my desk and i felt completely like naked and violated and and like just just I mean I had like my security was gone and I just remember thinking this is so weird like there was just papers that I had been there for like three years and I and I I didn't I mean it wasn't doing me anything but now that it's gone like I just feel like I feel totally insecure and I've sort of thought of that as an image of just sort of picture of other things. If if this was taken, if these things were taken away that really don't matter, that I never used, that I hadn't seen in three years, that if that was taken away, that I feel insecure. These things that we put around ourselves to make us secure. Um, they're idols. They're idols. They rule uh, in our hearts. Self, uh, number one. Circumstances, uh, number one. Things, number one. And the final number one is the approval of others. I'm convinced that um, that what the the idol that I see that looks like materialism actually is the is the real idol behind that is the approval of others, um, trying to impress other people with the things that I have, um, trying to sort of keep up with and maybe surpass uh, the Joneses just a little bit. Um, it's the the kingdom. Uh, the thing that rules my, my heart uh, is I want people to tell me how, how great I am. Um, I want you to recognize that I, I'm, uh, well, I was going to be make a joke, but it's not really a joke. I mean, I want you to tell me that I'm better than my colleagues. Um, <laughs> which obviously is a joke, but I just, um, I, 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 and we, we want that. We desire the applause and the approval of other men. And, 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 and to an extent, uh, there. I mean, there's a small portion of that that is, re- is okay because we're created to be to to receive accolades. We're created to receive praise from God. 
from that intimate relationship with the Father. We're created in the image of God, and God is to receive praise. It's okay for us to receive praise from the Lord, the one who's, who's supposed to give it to us. It's, it is um, it is fine to say, gosh, that felt so good uh, when somebody said that thing to me. It is not okay to seek it out and to position yourself at a party uh, around somebody who owes you a compliment and to long while you're talking and why aren't they bringing this thing up because I know that they should tell me how great a job I did at that presentation. <laughs> I heard that happens. Um, Thy kingdom come corrects this. It doesn't when we just say it wrote. When we pray it, we've placed ourselves in intimacy with the Father. We've recognized the authority of His holiness. Now we're asking, Lord, Your kingdom come. I want You, I'm asking You, Lord, by Your grace, to be the thing that rules my heart. This vast land, wasteland sometimes, be the king. Thy kingdom come. It submits us to the kingship of God and it places Him in His rightful place on the throne of our hearts. And orient, see how Jesus is with this incredible economy of words. He's just orienting us uh, right um, to uh, to the Father. And to and he, thy kingdom come. You've never thought about this before. It takes out idolatry uh, out of our lives. What do you think? Any thoughts? Any? Yeah, Marilyn. Um, well, I. To me, the hard, the hardest times are when it, the statement is, "I'm, you know, I can believe in God or I can put my trust in God as long as." When the end of that statement is something like, "You know, um, my cancer is cured or my child doesn't die or mm-hmm. you know something really," that to me is the harder thing to kind of wrestle with because mm-hmm. it's not like my social status, it's not my possessions that are my idol, but maybe does that mean that my child is my idol? Your child can definitely be an idol, yeah. Yeah, I, um, again, so I hear. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, what I've often said, talking about our relationship with our spouse, is that the, the, the word that comes after but is the thing you really want to say, I love you, but this thing that you're doing is driving me crazy. <laughs> Uh, that you're giving yourself permission with I love you to, to say the thing that you really want to say. If you just reverse that and said, the thing you're doing is driving me crazy, but I love you. It's the same exact words. But man, that means a totally different thing, doesn't it? <laughs> the same things with, with the Lord. I love you, Lord, but man, I just need for you to do this for me. I love you, Lord, but the thing that you, you really want to say is that it is fine to pray for that thing. But Lord... Regardless, I love you, and I submit to you. Thy kingdom comes. I make that helpful. Is that? A little marriage advice on the side, but um, it's free. It's free. Um, you know, it, it begins with us, but it's not just for us, is it? When we pray for the salvation of, of friends and neighbors, uh, we pray for the salvation of our children, our spouse, or other family members. 
We pray for circumstances of restoration and forgiveness. Um, We're praying that God would take over our household and that He would sit on the throne, not just of our hearts, but on the hearts of each of our family members and actually corporately that He would be our Father as a family and He would sit on the throne of our family. We're praying Thy kingdom come. We are submitting our whole families um, to the will of God. We're praying Thy kingdom come. We're praying for God's kingdom to reign. It doesn't just have to be. It starts with us. It should always start with us. Um, because you should submit, you should you should look at the plank in your own eye before you look at the speck in your brother's eye. But it should always start with us. But but we can pray for other people and for other things uh, for that king, for His kingdom kingdom to come. We're also praying for His will to be done. Again, it's another imperative statement. It's a plea. Uh, and again, if it's his, it's his holiness that qualifies him to be, reign as king, then it's his kingship that qualifies uh, his will uh, to be supreme. Uh, now, I think that there's two elements uh, of this prayer, again, that we don't think about because we just say it, wrote. I think when we're saying, um, Thy will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven, we, uh, there's two elements, repentance and trust. Um, we want our will, uh, and this goes back to who's on the throne, um, we want our will, we, we devise all sorts of ways to call our will God's will. Um, you know that the Holy Spirit gets blamed for lots of things that the Holy Spirit doesn't have anything to do with, right? Um, occasionally that happens in, in your own life, in my own life, not just the people that we are quick to point out. Um, repentance. Um, we're asking God to um, to make His will be the thing that drives it. This is Jesus in the garden. This is not what I want, Lord. I'm, I'm terrified of the circumstance that I see coming like a freight train, yet not my will but Thine be done. All of salvation history hung in the balance as Jesus was asking the Father to let the cup pass from Him. And if the Father had let the cup pass from Him, the disciples would have rejoiced. And they would have praised the Lord. And they, and, and they would have told stories until Jesus was old. And, and he, maybe He would have told His grandkids about it. Jesus didn't let the thing that seems like it would have been good happen. He let something awful happen so that all of mankind could be saved. Um, you know things in your own life where look you asked for the you asked for something bad not to happen. The bad thing happened anyway, and there was extraordinary blessing that came out of that. I, I sometimes think, you know, it's all Christianity is often sold as like accept Jesus and your life will get better. I really think a lot of times you accept Jesus, your life's going to, going to get worse. It's it's going to be in the pot. I mean, it's just it's um, because that all of a sudden once we've accepted the Lord and we want His will and not our own, then if we really want that, it's hard to really want that. But it's in suffering that we. 
um, that he begins to, to, to rub off the edges. It's in the really hard things that he begins to say, okay, now you're, now you're beginning to get the picture. And we don't, want, we don't go after those things. But it's, it's in the suffering. And I want you to know, I am preaching to myself right now, and I have a specific thing in my mind going, oh, okay. Not my will, but thine be done. It's hard. It's such a hard thing. So tell me about your hard things. No. Um, um, repentance, but but then trust, right? Trust. We trust God's holiness and His authority, and we're saying that we we trust what He desires. Isaiah 55. Uh, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. If there is a God who is that big, then certainly it is possible that He knows what He's doing even though I can't see it. Romans 8.28 All things work to the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. All things. Doesn't mean all things are good. Somehow in the Lord's redemptive majesty... He makes those things that just suck, excuse me, into something just great in His kingdom. Um, Frank always tells a story, and I give him full credit for the story, and it's, it's a true story. I think it was, if I remember right, it was actually Frank was, um, I think he was the assistant pastor, and I'm going to get it messed up anyway. So a pastor goes in to tell the lady who talked to the lady whose son just died in a car wreck, and trying to be very pastoral, he says, "You know, God did not do this. He, God did not. This is not God's will." And frankly, I've I've told people that because he's trying not to make God the bad guy. I mean, he's really just trying to sincerely trying to be pastoral. And the woman looks at him and says, "Please don't say that. Please don't take away the only hope that I have." that there will be some good out of this. Man, that story just floors me every time. Um, John Calvin, Frank, this is, again, this is, I'm getting this from Frank, but John, John Calvin says, those, those things that happen in opposition to God's will will never happen apart from God's will. So it's not actually God's will that the child dies, and yet God sort of somehow incorporates that into his will in retrospect. I don't, I don't know how that works. So when we pray, uh, Thy will be done, we're trusting uh, the goodness of His of His will. We're trusting the goodness of His will. And listen, in our families, in our daily lives, that stuff's hard. Um, I th- you know, it's in the mundane little details. That's where we want to sit on the throne. God can have the big stuff, right? World peace, all that. But man, I just... I need to, I need to, got to balance the checkbook. I've got to, I, I want my kids to behave. I don't want to have to go to the principal's office again. I just, I just, I just need, I just, I just need uh, to be in control here, God. It doesn't mean you're not active. Because you're submitted to his kingship. You're acting in that way. Uh, you're active. But you're, not my will, but thine be done. All the assumptions this is happen on earth as it is in heaven, and I, I can't tell you in the last year really, 
and and that's not even something I've really shared with with Amy a lot. We're too busy controlling things. But the um, <laughs> I I I um, I go back to on earth as it is in heaven a lot. Like just what a blessed thought. Um, I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I know that anything I can comprehend and, and imagine what it's going to be like falls far short of what it actually is going to be like. Um, I can't imagine a world where, you know, like the good times in, in this world are made all the better by the bad times, but there's not going to be bad times to make the good times better. So I don't even know how to think about that. Um, but I want my life and my work and my family and my I, I want it to be on earth as it is in heaven which is not to say that uh, our job as Christians is to advance the kingdom of heaven on earth I don't really believe that our job is to be faithful and God will advance his kingdom and God's going to renew this earth one day when Jesus comes back and I don't, again I don't know how all that's going to look but what a blessed thought on earth as it is in heaven um, we're just asking uh, God to pull us back again under His rule, under His reign, um, under His authority, under His goodness, under His holiness, um, that we might be um, submitted to Him right now uh, as we will be perfectly in heaven. We won't actually be able to come step out of His reign in heaven. And we want that now, as close as we can get to it to trust Him, to follow Him, and to bless our everything in our touch. Maybe you have a family, maybe you don't have a family, maybe you have a spouse, you don't have a spouse, but whatever it is, whatever um, the sort of landscape of your life looks like, as you bless that and serve as a blessing, um, thy kingdom come, uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I, I just, I cling to this. I cling to it. Um, so, it's kind of heavy. Um, what uh, what do you what do you think? What are your thoughts? How does how does this how does this um, touch you? Touch your life? Tell me how great I. No, no, no. no, no. Um, don't do that. What um how does it? I think the most powerful thing you said all day, uh, I guess, to me was, "It's not my will be done; mm-hmm. it's thy will be done." Right. Mm. That'll be the most powerful thing in five minutes too, and then yeah. five minutes after that. Yeah. Probably, probably forever. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I didn't get that far into it, but I always find the most difficult part of the prayer is. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those. Oh man, we're getting to that one. Yeah, just come back. Yeah, that'll be. Let's see. That's three weeks from now. Put it on your calendar. Yeah, tea time. Tea time at 9:45. Right. Um, yeah. Anything else? No, go ahead. Nobody else has their hand raised. Yeah. Do you find it? You were talking about at the beginning about things being wrote. Do you mm-hmm. find it occasionally helpful to switch back to write too? Um, that slightly different wording to give does that give things any well I, I I'm a little biased against right too I think it's um, it's uh, but does it make you think about I mean does it make you think about the meaning of oh do I just to change it up um, yeah no I, I think so I don't did you notice that Craig if you were in the nine o'clock it wasn't the 
I didn't have a prayer book in front of me because I was kneeling down, but it made me like, what in the world is that? And I, I paid attention. Uh, it's pretty rare that I get all, if, unless I'm the one, the celebrant, it's pretty rare that I get all the way through where I'm only thinking about the words that are being said. Um, it makes me think about something else, or I don't know, I'm just, I don't know what I am, but uh, I'm scattered. But but yeah, no, it does. I mean, I think when you change the words up, like I said, I change the, I try to change my own inflection just as a matter of just help me pay attention. Anything else? Well, hopefully, Truth and Life will be a little bit more conversational other times, but I, I hope this is helpful uh, to you. Let's, uh, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you for teaching us this prayer. And thank you, Lord, for the, um, the excruciating glory of asking your kingdom to come and your will to be done in our lives now on earth as it will be in heaven. And we long for that day. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.